What's up, Internet? You're tuned into this week's episode of Nintendo Noise, episode 93, to be clear. Flipstream Games Weekly Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. We're back. And of course, the last few weeks, we've been riding high over here on the Nintendo side of the fence. Tears of the Kingdom's out. We we're talking about how they're 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 winning the year over on Flipscreen Games. It's been easy to be a Nintendo fanboy these last couple of weeks, right? But today we got to get into the nitty gritty, of course, because there has been a myriad of headlines about the Dolphin emulator, right? The emulator that allows you to play GameCube and Wii games coming to Steam. Nintendo cracking down on emulators yet again, or are they? That's the question. So we got we got to get into all that. It's going to be a messy conversation this week, Steve. Yeah, it feels like it's one of those times when there's like two sides of the Nintendo coin, right? You have the cute Mario consumer-facing side, and then behind closed doors on the other side of that coin is the ugly corporate head that sometimes comes up above the precipice at times to crack down on emulation. That's a tough thing, right? With uh, living in a world where so much art especially video games right is it's all it's all wrapped up in that juicy little nut we call capitalism so of course uh the company that holds the only keys to your happy memories from your childhood also is a company that has to make business and do some pretty unsavory stuff right so yeah not always gonna be a fun one but i think the conversation will be an engaging one and just just you know in case you're you're looking for that that positivity in the back half of the show, we're going to talk about more Tears of the Kingdom. So we'll put our fanboy hats back on for that that last bit, right? So uh, we're going to, but today, right, we got to be serious newsmen, Steve. That's what we're here to do. So let's let's jump into it, right? The story starts uh, here, at least in, in my purview, right? The, the story first got traction when one Wes Fenlin did a report over on PC Gamer about Nintendo blocking the Steam release of the Wii slash GameCube emulator Dolphin. Of course, uh, you know, I, I'll say this. There's an update to the story, right, which I think provides a different context, but I think having the original bit of it is important, so I'd like to present you that, just in case you didn't know, right? But this, the original story went like this from Wes. Last Friday, the developers behind Dolphin got a, a legal uh, notice from Nintendo warning about Dolphin's impending release on Steam. The development team uh, had announced back in March that it was going to be coming to Steam, and then that that um, release was was upcoming, right? We actually talked about it on the Steam Deck podcast, I think just about a week ago. Um, about- yeah, I think we were all really excited about it, because the prospect was that, well, why does it need to come to Steam? And the, the real USP was, we're going to get cloud saves with every game here, and they'll, we'll be backed up to the cloud, and it's going to be going to be great. And it would take advantage of like Steam's own cloud save system was what you told me, correct? Yeah. 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 So obviously that's pretty interesting, right? That, that would have been a pretty, not that that's something you can't do right now anyway, but very cool to have it native, right? In that way would certainly be a, a, a pretty different thing. Um, but to take it back to the article from Wes here, uh, PC Gamer was able to review the legal notice that was addressed addressed to Valve's legal department that was dated on May 26, and it says because because the Dolphin emulator violates Nintendo's intellectual property rights, including but not limited to its rights under the Digital Millennium Copyright Act or DMCA, 
uh, anti-circumvention and anti-trafficking provisions, uh, some numbers, right? You, you know, we provide this notice to you uh, of your obligation to remove the offering of the Dolphin emulator from the Steam store, reads the document, right? So that's the, that's the original bit there. And then I guess to give you some context, right, of, of how the law works around these things, uh, the way that DMCA takedowns generally work is they're sent to service providers who in this case would be Valve, right, um, for running Steam. And then they it's their responsibility to then go and notify the infringing party. So in this case, Dolphin, right? Um, but because of the nature of this letter, right, it, 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 it's in an interesting situation because the product never made it to Steam, right? So the violation hasn't actually occurred this is kind of, um, it, it, it's called a quote-unquote warning shot, right? Where it's like, hey, if you are to do this, we believe this would be violating our copyright. And then it would, you'd get to this position, right? Where it would be on Valve to either accept that or fight it. But since they've kind of, you know, in advance taken it down, there's no actually actual risk of that, right? Like there wasn't an actual official legal action taken here. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the page was up there, so the intention to to sell on Steam was there. Presumably, there was a version of Dolphin uploaded to Steam's servers at some point uh, in order to get that page up. So it would have been on Valve's Valve servers, but um, I would imagine that it you know it's not gone up for sale. So as you say, no one could really. No one could download it. It's not like a violation had, had occurred there. It's not. It would be like uploading a, a video to YouTube of, say, the Shrek movie and keeping it private. <laughs> I get. I don't know though. That would still be a violation, right? Yeah, exactly. But this is different, and and and, and that's what's interesting is because with this, right, in a, in a standard DMCA takedown, Dolphin would have the ability to appeal, right? They could they could file a counter notice with Valve. Where by which basically where they would be like we assert that Dolphin does not violate DMCA, so at that point, right, Nintendo would then have two weeks to decide whether they were going to sue Dolphin or not, and if they didn't, Dolphin could then theoretically be re-added to Steam with no problem, uh, or they would go to court, and that would obviously be a huge situation, right, because this case being what it is uh, could definitely set a, a legal precedent that would harm emulation generally, you know, um, or, or at least access to free access to emulators, right? Your ability to go and download emulators from something like the Steam store or, you know, um, or like, you know, on your, your mobile device or something like that could potentially be impacted that, uh, by that, depending on how the emulators are made. And then whether or not they violate, and that's that's the big the thing here is is whether it violates the copyright and how the emulator's made because RetroArch is still up on on Steam, mm -hmm. um, but RetroArch was developed in a different way, and we'll we'll get onto that. Yeah. So to give to give an explanation of of what the difference is here, right? The letter that was sent to Valve. Um, and, and, you know, makes this claim about the anti-circumvention uh, bit of the DMCA law, says that, and this is, this is the specific quote from their claim, the Dolphin emulator operates by incorporating these cryptographic keys without Nintendo's authorization and decrypting the ROMs at or immediately before runtime. Thus, 
the use of the Dolphin emulator uh, unlawfully circumvents a technological measure that effectively controls access to a work protected under the Copyright Act. So that is where it gets interesting. Because if you hear from some of the folks uh, you know, who know about how this stuff works uh, on a deeper level than I do, at least. I, I won't speak for Steve, obviously. Uh, you know, you, you know quite a bit yourself. Um, there, there is a case there because the, according to uh, a, a couple sources that we were able to find, one of which is uh, Luigi Blood on Twitter, who is somebody who is like a known um, hacker in this space. And they, they play a lot with like literally in their Twitter bio, they say, I deal with SNES, Satellaview, and 64DD. This is a person who I've seen cited multiple times on like, did you know gaming videos and things like that, where they, they are somebody who knows the tech inside and out of emulation and, and, um, and, 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 and these consoles in general. So again, right in a tweet from Luigi Blood, they just, it says quoting the DMCA and it's the exact quote I just read you, right? The dolphin emulator operates by incorporating these cryptographic keys, yada, yada. They say, this is objectively true. I just checked the Wii common key is in the emulator source code. So that puts dolphin in a really dicey position legally because they are violating copyright in a way that some of these other emulators, right. That we talked about and other emulators that have had court cases brought against them. Right. Um, I can't remember the name of the emulator, but famously there was a PlayStation one emulator that mm, there was bloom. a court case. Bloom. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, and it was able to stay in development because courts found that it wasn't violating, uh, Sony's copyright on the PlayStation BIOS file, right. By the way that it operated, um, which is why, yeah, which is, which is the case here, right? That this is a number that is f extracted from the Wii BIOS right. and has been directly included within the dolphin source code. And you can Which, see, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm not going <laughs> to link it because I do not want this video taken there. No, but, but, yeah, it, don't. but it's there, and it is called um, common key and type secret key. So it's a key that that they know is it's a secret key. There's two types of keys: a public key and a secret key. And the secret key is the number that they uh, they basically stole from the BIOS. And it's strange because Dolphin's one of the only emulators I know of that doesn't require you to download or get your own copy of the bios from your own hardware exactly. and give it to give it to them um and well, for the game for Cube, the, the that more was, modern that was never needed that's the case right because like um yeah you just brought up well i just brought up the bloom thing that's still the case with playstation or emulators to this day if you set up a playstation and not that i would ever do that because it's illegal right allegedly um you have to you have to put in your own bios file you have to go source a bios file online and then give it to the emulator for it to run, you know? Um, so that that is where, you know, they're not... Like, because that's the thing, right? Emulation is legal. That, that's been proven, you know? That there are, there's a court precedent that emulation is fine. But giving users a way to bypass, um, you know, the pr protection set up by uh, these companies, right? Like, that is a violation using these proprietary keys that's a violation so it's like they're they're very much doing things that do violate nintendo's intellectual property rights in a legal sense whether or not you know you argue ethically that it's okay that's a different conversation i think you and i have both stated our opinions about the ethics of emulators and that 
you know, if uh, a company like Nintendo is not going to provide ways for people to legally uh, purchase and play their library, their extensive library of retro games, people are going to resort to piracy. And yeah, and that's know- an interesting question because I'm wondering why. Uh, well, I, I guess we do know why they're they're doing this now. Yeah. Um, I mean, because, out that Valve was the one that initiated the conversation here. Oh, I didn't even get Nintendo. there yet, but yeah, go for so it. That's that's the reason why. That it seems like um, from from one of the developers who who was on the the team, um, they've now they've now left the team, but they have some kind of prior knowledge. Pierre Bourdon, um, they posted a thread over on Mastodon that we'll link in the description below. Um, and essentially what happened was uh, Valve Legal contacted Nintendo of America to say, hey, what do you think about Dolphin? Nintendo replied to Valve to say, we think it's bad and that it also violates the DMCA anti-circumvention provisions and please take it down. And Valve Legal took it down and forwards, uh, forwarded the um, Nintendo of America reply to Dolphin. So that's why this has occurred here. Um, but I'm curious, like, do do we think that maybe we or GameCube emulations come into the Switch and that's why this is happening now? But it kind of just feels pointless anyway. Dolphin's been around forever. Everyone knows about it. You can just download it from their website if you want. This just made it one tiny step easier. I think and that's if you the make thing, though, people that's... download a BIOS, they just go get a BIOS from archive.org, which is exempt from the DMCA, and it solves no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, but that's the thing, right, is I don't think... I think this comes back to the conversation that you and I constantly have on the Steam Deck podcast, right? Where the easier this stuff is, the more people will do it, right? And I think there is a world of difference between, you know, Nintendo being like, all right, are we going to go after every single individual that's emulating games, right? Um, Many of which are are already our customers, right? Like, and, and they're doing it through this, okay, emulators are legal. There's this legal loophole where you can find BIOS independent of emulator. Like, that's all knowledge you need to have, though, right? And it's not hard to find. You can go Google it. You can watch a YouTube video how to do it. That's, that's all you well could literally good. just if I uh, let, me, let me just Google GameCube emulator, and I bet the number one I bet the number one result, yeah, it's dolphinemu.org. Right, but this so is my whole like, point, though. Installing that on your computer yourself, going and finding the BIOS file on... But you the- don't need to find the BIOS at the moment. That's the thing, right? And they've not taken... They've not DMCA'd Dolphin's website. They've not DMCA'd GitHub. They've not DMCA'd anyone else right, but again, other than Steam. You're not letting me get to my point. That's the whole thing. Downloading it on Steam is a way different thing, right? Having a legitimate uh, storefront offer your like a uh, product that allows people to pirate your games extremely easily is I think a different question than fighting it in like concept, you know, where like the idea of that, like there, there is there is no ability for them to legally go after emulation broadly. Right, so they no, have to right. go for. But they, but they, how do they make it as difficult is, right? as possible? And you being but, able but, to, uh, you can make it ridiculously difficult if you just obliterated the Dolphin emulator at the source. They could have wiped it off the face of the earth 
by DMCA and GitHub and the and the repository for the source code, that's and then it press, never though. would have made it to Steam. It never would have made it to Steam in the first place. But that's that's never made bad it press. Steam, Whereas this, all they had to do, right? Steam sent them a letter and was like, "How do you feel about this?" And they're like, "Yeah, take it down." And they're like, "Cool, no problem." That's one thing. Why wouldn't you agree week, to that? Though. Why wouldn't? But they did DMCA take down Lockpick from GitHub, which is a tool that you can get your own product keys from your own switch. So, so they are willing to take down certain GitHub projects. It's curious that they didn't take down Dolphin source code because the, you know, the key is out in the open now. I can go look at Dolphin source code. I can get the key, and I can, you know, just do what I want with it. It's, it's, it's a strange situation. Well, talk to me though, because isn't the thing with Lockpick, Lockpick allows you to play unauthorized games as well, right? So lockpick um, is just a tool for dumping keys from your own switch. So you can you have to have a, a modified switch, uh, and, and it has to be jailbroken. And then you can install lockpick, and it will dump all of the product keys from from that switch. To what? Now, if you're going to pirate, it it will literally just give you the file called prod.keys, and you can then use that in Yuzu or Ryujinx emulators. You can find those keys online anyway. It's like going and getting a BIOS from your own console. Now, it does violate the DMCA because it circumvents copy protection. But I mean, there you go. That's I, why they went after it. That's Yeah, but they, but so does Dolphin. Dolphin circumvents did copy they, protection. Did by they know shipping. that before now, though? Because, again, look at, I look, don't at know. look at Pierre's thread on Mastodon, right? He says, uh, let me see. I, let me find specifically what he said. Yeah, here. So you read this. You, you paraphrased this post. He said... In this case, okay, so he explains how DMCA law works, right? And, and I was just explaining that earlier, right? What happened mm -hmm. would be Nintendo would issue the claim, Valve would alert Dolphin, Dolphin would have a chance to repeal, and then it would either go to court or it would not, right? And then we'd see how it played out. So he summarizes that, and then this next post is uh, a continuation of that thought, just to give you context of what he's saying. In this case, none of this process was followed. To the best of my understanding, this is what happened. One, Valve Legal contacted Nintendo of America to ask, hey, what do you think? Right, as you said. Two, Nintendo mm -hmm. replied to Valve, we think it's bad, and then it also violates the DMC anti-circumvention provisions. Note, noting, uh, note nothing about violating copyright itself. Also, please take it down. So I think that's the thing, right, is like the idea of it violating copyright, as you've pointed out, it's a lot harder to prove that, right? Like, it's you can't go after the internet uh, archive for hosting ROMs. You can't go after X or Y website for hosting or creating an emulator, right? It's this where you where they are, you know, um, hitting that anti-circumvention provision flag where that's an easy thing to prove and it's an easy thing to get rid of. And the idea that they're like, hey, I, I you know, we want to get rid of this thing that empowers you to pirate switch games, which is something that is very pop like popular. A lot of people do it. Um, and I get why they would be more aggressive about that than about decades. Yeah, old I mean, games. I, I maybe you're right. I don't think someone, the average Joe who wants to pirate a switch game that wants to play tears of the kingdom a week before it's launched is going through the effort of buying a hardware tool to 
jailbreak their switch to then install lockpick to then dump product keys i don't think they could just go to archive.org i don't think the average person is but people are right and the fact that like there were folks who were playing tears of the kingdom over a week early on steam deck that pissed nintendo off i'm positive and i'm sure yeah absolutely and i'm sure that's a big part of why they're going after that tool now is that they they figured out this tool is what allows people to do it so we're going to get rid of it and with dolphin it's the same thing right we're like dolphin was probably not on their radar in that significant a way until this right where it's like hey people are going to emulate stuff anyway so like the the less we try to get in the mud and fight people about emulators the better because every time we do it it's bad press there's no way we can totally stop it so you got to take the big people out where it makes sense for us right like they put that man in jail over running a a site that was hosting their copyrighted material so like obviously they do it but i think it's more of a battle of like or i'm sorry it's more an issue of choosing their battles right of like we know we can get this win here and we believe that enough people will see this as a reasonable thing we're like yeah you shouldn't be able to pirate games off of the the eShop and play them on your hack nintendo switch that's stealing right Whereas like that, I think that the argument for emulation is murkier than that. And we've all had that conversation about the ethics of emulation. Is it stealing to emulate a game that Nintendo will not sell me? I don't think so. Right. I think that's a different. But is Nintendo amping up to sell you that through Switch Online? Maybe. But I don't know that that's the case, though, in terms of like that being related to this. You know, no, because... I don't think that is related to this. I think, I think the lockpick thing and the dolphin thing are separate. Yeah, they're and not related. Lockpick, lockpick absolutely violates DMCA. There's, there's no doubt about that. But it seems like dolphin doesn't, at least in, in my opinion, it violates it in the same way. That key it does. should not be in there. It does, and people should provide, and they can easily fix it by removing that key by default. And either people have to provide a BIOS file or an already decrypted ROM yeah. file for uh, for for the Wii, because GameCube had no such um, no such encryption in in there. All the only copy protection it had was that it used tiny little DVDs, and they didn't think anyone was going <laughs> to get around it. That's literally it. So I I. I wonder if they're going to go after Dolphin elsewhere. I'm surprised Dolphin didn't get a DMCA over yeah, I was gonna say, for, right, for the same reason. For right now, it's it's unaffected. It's still available on their website. The GitHub page is still there. They've not, according, you know, there's been no statement that they've received any contact from Nintendo or any takedown notices other than, you know, um, the Steam situation. So it could just be as simple as that they don't want like that they read the tea leaves and saw we let this thing happen. There's going to be a million videos of people being like, look, you can play all these games on your Steam Deck and it takes two seconds. And why doesn't Nintendo let us do this? And they wanted to avoid that. And Valve reached yeah. out to them and was like, what's up? How do you want to handle this? And if they were able to just be like, yeah, take it down. We don't want it up. And they were like, cool, no problem. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Right? Like there was no legal effort needed on their part to get uh to limit violation of their copyright yeah but there's very there's very limited legal effort required on their part to send a dmca no but but it would but it doesn't take long it would lead to really bad press though right you'd have a huge outcry i think this is already pretty bad press like people already are on the presumption that 
it's Nintendo being Nintendo. It's Nintendo going after emulation. That's which how is it was legal, reported, too. Be absolutely fine. And that's that's not the case here. Like it really does seem like Dolphin's in the wrong. They shouldn't have had that key in in their source code. And I would imagine a pull request is going to be submitted to remove it and add the ability to provide that key manually yourself if you want to. And like maybe, and but I, I also I could see them not going to the trouble because they've already gotten bad press for this and they limited it in the way that it was important for them to limit it. Or at least the way that they saw it as being important for them to limit it. Because you can all like Oh you no, said, I mean I mean Dolphin. I I can see there's gonna be an update issued like a pull request to the github repo from a, a dolphin developer to say oh, we're going to take that key out oh okay i got you and I then you. once that key Just to once avoid that it. key's not yeah but once that key's not in there what grounds does nintendo have to remove this from steam i, I and think are it, there any and is there any kind of recourse that the dolphin team has in getting it reissued on steam because at that point how is this really any different to retrowatch well, I mean, I Which think is that, still on Steam. I think this—that's the question, right? Is like, you know, they—they they put out a statement where they said uh, it's with much much disappointment that we have to announce that the Dolphin on Steam release has been indefinitely postponed. Uh, we are currently investigating our options, and we'll have a more in-depth response in the near future. So, I mean, they're exploring their options, but I think it, it's going to come down to Valve, right? Because if if they resubmit and Valve is like, no, right? Like Nintendo doesn't want us to do this. We're not going to create a legal situation because we don't want to we don't want to deal with that, then it's done. I think they have no recourse because at the end of the day, Valve's a private company. Steam is a private marketplace and they have control over what they allow to sell on it or what they allow to be released on it. So if they don't want the Dolphin emulator on Steam because they think it's going to give them problems with Nintendo or potentially create a legal situation that they don't feel like engaging with, then that's them. That's on them and that's their right, right? Um, and if they yeah absolutely it is it doesn't feel like it's very valve though i feel like I yeah feel but when like lawyers get involved precedent, things change. Right? you know when, when you're, lawyers you're right. get, when lawyers get involved people do not it's like is it worth taking this stance over a, a, a going to court over it and spending a ton of money to prove a point and like i'm not saying that they might not do that but also it you know as a business it doesn't benefit them to do that you know um, it does. It, it benefits them to be like, yeah, you can put a retro arc on Steam, whatever. We don't care. But once somebody's like, hey, this is legally dicey. Like, we're gonna take you to court over it. But it wasn't even that though. It was literally. No, I know. Are you but if okay they put it back this, up? Right? Will that happen? Is the question, mm. right? And like, who knows? Maybe, maybe Valve reached out because they knew about the code that was in there and that it could create that situation. And once that code is removed, then they don't care because they don't have a business relationship like that with Nintendo and it doesn't really matter ultimately all they wanted to do was just avoid a legal situation but the fact that they reached out to Nintendo and was like hey heads up how do you feel about this it's like I think that was them trying to avoid it going the opposite way of we've put it out and now we're getting you know we're creating a, a court case you know versus yeah I mean I don't think it would have been a court case I think it would have just been we're now actually formally issuing a DMCA takedown notice right and then that would have just been like okay we're taking it down in the same way that someone That's can fill thing, in a though. form on in, in, in that, YouTube if that happened though uh, Dolphin would have had the ability to do what you said where they could have then been like cool remove the BIOS resubmit now what are you going to take us to court or not and they don't have that option now because Steam is the one that made this decision, right? It's not, so there is no recourse in that way. And I, I don't know that it would have played out the exact same way had it 
You know what I mean? That's I think that's why it's so interesting. Like nothing actually happened yet. It's just like it was like a, a Cold War situation, right? We we edged right up to where there could have been a conflict, and then it was diffused. Of course, it wasn't reported yeah. that way, but that's that's what actually happened. So when you put it in that context, it's you know. I don't know. I don't know what Nintendo does in that situation because at that point they don't have the same legal argument and then it, w- it would be then they were entering a precedent-setting legal case, right? Where, where uh, if they were to go and, and sue that, it would have to go, like it would have to go to the highest court probably because it would be a really far-reaching uh, decision to be made, right? Because if you make this decision that, you know, even without the um i'm sorry what's the, the key in that yeah the key even without that key you know it violates copyright in some other way not the circumvention issue that would then set a precedent where emulation in general is in jeopardy right so it's like do they want to go and fight that that case for potentially months years right like that i don't know you know and and if they do do that and it does go that way and it does set a precedent that makes emulation, you know, not illegal, but like more difficult or, you know, illegal outright or whatever, then they are a fucking supervillain, you know, and that, that is a titanic amount of bad press for them over something that I, ultimately I don't know that they can though. like precedents already been set. Like you said, with the PlayStation case, and I'm sure Nintendo's already tried this in the past as well with other emulators it seems like unless these these numbers, these are quote-unquote illegal numbers, and there's a whole article about it over on, on Wikipedia, which is a, a pretty good read, um, I I can't see what, what law this violates. You know, they've not used any of Nintendo's code. It's, there's no other copyrighted information in there. It's not helping you circumvent copy protection in the same way that lockpick is. No, so I but... really don't. I really don't know what what grounds they've got under current u.s law i mean i think that's the thing though right is like current u.s law is what it is until something changes or a new precedent is set right that's how our our court works is like cases decide like when you establish a legal precedent right that gets cited but i would argue that the the previous lawsuits that uh were and and again it was so it was bleem and connectix was the other one right um in both of those cases, they found that they hadn't violated the copyright with their use of the PlayStation BIOS and firmware. And like that's that's been the precedent to uphold emulation. But if you come to a point, right, where like now we have a new case, this is multiple decades later. The 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 way we think about video games and digital distribution of art and you know selling legacy. Uh, software on you know storefronts and all those things has evolved and changed and the idea that nintendo right a extremely powerful litigious company could make an argument that okay sure right this emulator doesn't violate our uh our copyright but its exclusive use is to do that right so it's like that that is an argument that I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they could make and make successfully. There was not that long ago where the Internet Archive was being threatened, right? For that reason, um, and that could still happen. So 
the idea that like, oh yeah, just because we have these loopholes that exist now, it's like, well, fair use law changes all the time. You know, like the the fair use is not an actual, and this is the thing you you learn about, right? If you if you go through any level of like, um, like I was a journalism major, right? So I had to study media law. And with fair use, there's no like list of like, okay, these are the definite safe ways that you can use something and it's fair use. There's a list of these are the contexts in which something is fair use, but each individual case of usage is is argued legally if the copyright holder wants to push it. So like that's yeah. why, you know, like legally speaking, right? There's nothing wrong with you and I showing footage from a video game or something that we're talking about in the show for context, right? Because it's a transformative work. We're not uh, illegally distributing the software. We're using footage of the software to talk about it in a, a, a constructive, journalistic, however you want to put it way, right? That's a transformative work. However, we've gotten copyright strikes for showing clips of the Mario movie, right? And our episodes get demonetized. And that is the same law. We're using it in the same way, right? But they can hit us with a DMCA and we have no recourse. We have no action to yeah to be to be uh clear though that, that were none of those were dmca copyright strikes they were literally strikes. just it's automatic the, um... they were just automatically matched with youtube's copyright um but system copyright matching thing. system with some of those you can challenge them and they'll be overturned and then there's other companies that will just not do it and it's just like well no we're saying that this yeah. is a violation so we're going to take all the revenue that you make off of this episode even though by all definitions right the, the example that I gave you isn't any different. It's up to the discretion of that private company whether or not they want to let us have our money or not. And movie companies are more aggressive. Music companies are more aggressive than game companies, right? Whatever, because they have a symbiotic relationship with people who make content. But my whole point is that just proves that, quote unquote, fair use is in the eye of the beholder. And it's up to you to prove fair use. And in uh, you know a lot of situations... It comes down yeah, to the individual decision. Fair use is the use of copyrighted material. Right. And in Dolphin's case, if they remove that key, there's no copyright material in there. They've not used any no, of Nintendo's source code. But the only They've not purpose, used anything related to that. The only purpose of the software is to violate copyright law, though. And you can make a legal oh, argument. Well, I mean, they, they could make the argument, but you could also make the argument that it's also to play backups of your own games, which is... Or try, like you can use it on a different different hardware, like right. And then it I, would be on the, it I would be do... on a lawyer to find find how many examples of people like us streaming or making YouTube videos where Absolutely, they're yeah. playing a game that they don't own illegally and making money off of it before they can say, "See, yeah, no, I." Now, I'm not I, a lawyer. I, I'm just saying a good lawyer could argue that case, and I don't know that they would lose. And that would be really I, scary. I kind of feel like they would lose. I do think they would lose. I think the precedent's already been set. It will just be cited. That precedent would need to be overturned by the Supreme Court. And I don't think that they would. I don't, I don't think, think Nintendo would, would want to go that far anyway. Is I think the whole no, reason that's a I very, say it. very expensive legal exactly. process. Which is And I would imagine, you know, you'll get the the EFF behind them. Everyone would be on Dolphin's side. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, right. It's like, does dolphin have the resources to fight that legal case for years and years? Like who knows? Right. I, hopefully it never gets to that point. But I think the whole reason I want to establish that context is like, this is where it could have gone. 
had it not gone this way. And I think that's why whatever happens next on Dolphin's side, it's going to be interesting because I think it will be scrutinized, right? I think Nintendo will be paying attention to it and looking and seeing what their options are. I think the bigger question is if Valve wants to smoke, if they care enough to be like, yeah, whatever, cool, it's fine. Put it back up now. It's no longer violating this law. They've got no case. We're behind you. Okay, then we'll see, right? Does Nintendo do something then? But I think I think it's probably more likely that Valve is like, no. And the reason RetroArch and any of those other examples that you gave are there is be and and that they, it won't change anything is because nobody's there's been no uh, conversation there, and that the copyright yeah, did, holders did, don't did, care. Did Valve not email Nintendo for that? Because you know RetroArch can emulate every other Nintendo console up to the N sixty four. It's different though. You know, it's like it because, it, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't have that source code. Yeah, that's my point. But like, if and if, I think I think if Dolphin can demonstrate that they've removed that and and reply to Valve's email that with their um with the correspondence with Nintendo of America and be like, look, you know, you're right. Thanks for bringing to our attention that the common key was included. Uh, we've removed that, and we're going to submit a version to Steam that uh, that doesn't include it that requires the user to provide it. And I think, or removes the Wii element entirely, right? Because the GameCube doesn't have any of that copyright copyright um, yeah. prevention me- me- methods. So they could just submit a version of Dolphin that only works with the GameCube to um, to Steam. And I think I think that would be fine anyway. I think we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I don't think this is going to be the end of end of the story. I do think that I really hope that Dolphin comes to Steam, and they, I really hope that they persist with it um because it sucks you know i yeah. think dolphin's been around forever it's one of those emulators i feel like everyone's used it's really really good it runs on pretty much every platform and it, it's uh, worked and it would for be a shame so, to like, see it disappeared. it's nuts how long it's been around and like it worked so well so early because there are like you know like I, i've watched certain emulators like i remember ps2 emulation right and its early days was rough it was just not good and Dolphin's yeah. always been good. It's run, it's light. It runs very well. It has a lot of great tools for modding, right? Which you made a whole tutorial about, about how you can get cool set, better settings out of it and everything. Um, and, and it works on mobile really well. Like, you know, it, I, it, it's a really impressive piece of software and it would be a shame if, uh, if anything were to happen to it. But I mean, hopefully that's not Nintendo's intention, right? Like hopefully it was this application that caught their attention and that that's it. You know, and either Dolphin can make these changes well, and get it back up, and and we're all good to go. But if not, yeah, as long but, as it can I mean, continue exist in the way that it has, that's that's good enough. Because judging judging by their like statement to Kotaku, though, I don't know if that's the case. Like it was pretty scathing in their response, but it might just be a canned response. Which I'm sorry, whose Nintendo's or Dolphin's? Nintendo's response to Kotaku. Yeah, so let me read that. Um, Because we haven't yet. Nintendo said, Nintendo is committed to protecting the hard work and creativity of video game engineers and developers. This emulator illegally circumvents Nintendo's protection measures and runs illegal copies of games. Using illegal emulators or illegal copies of games harms development and ultimately stifles innovation. Nintendo respects the intellectual property rights of other companies and in turn expects others to do the same. Um, I would say that that is a canned response. It's aggressive, but it's a PR, like a, a person in PR wrote that. That's not the person making business decisions at Nintendo. I think that it's 
firm language because this is a thing that they take seriously. They've proven that they will be litigious about it. They put a man in jail um, for like most of his Poor natural life. Uh, looked over. Um, so like clearly they will they will take action where they see that they can and they think that they will win. Um, so I yeah, like fair play. Um, that said, I hate this statement. Um, particularly the end of it, I think is very like climb down off your high horse right now, uh, energy. The using and the first two sentences, fair play. You're completely right. It does violate uh your copyright, and it is your not only your job uh as a business, but your responsibility as someone to protect your copyright. Because that's how copyright law works, kids, in case you didn't know. If you don't pro- uh, protect your copyright when it's violated, you can lose your copyright, which is why um, you know there is like a huge effort from companies like Kleenex to make sure that people use the term facial tissue rather than... Yeah, Kleenex. they lost that. So did Xerox. Right. Yep, they did. <laughs> um, and that's those are historic examples of how that played out, right? So uh, Nintendo has to do this. Um, when they do it to protect themselves financially and to protect their library for future use and le- and leveraging in the future uh, financially, which obviously is something that is important for them to do as a business. Um, so fair enough, right? I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna take a business to task for being a business unless they're truly evil. And in this case, what they're doing is is I think legally sound. The ethics of it are murky as we've discussed just based on how emulation is a really important thing for preservation of of the art form right because these companies are not interested in doing that um and are actively trying to stop organizations like libraries and museums from doing that so fair play right i'm on the side of preservation of media uh not nintendo i want to make that clear the the last two sentences Using illegal emulators or illegal copies of games harms development and ultimately stifles innovation. Fuck off. It stifles innovation. Making it so that people can play games from uh, two decades ago stifles innovation. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you want to argue it, if that was a statement for for lockpick, I could get on board with it because I do think because that's modern fucking games that you're playing. Yeah, games that weren't even out yet. But you won't sell me these fucking games. How are you going to sit here and tell me that because you won't sell me a fucking copy of you know Pokemon Blue, for example, right? 3DS Store shut down, so I now have no legal way to buy that game. So you're telling me. That the only way, the only way that it's appropriate for me as a consumer to play one of my favorite games of old, all time is to own and maintain so, uh, a piece of hardware and a piece of software that are decades old, many of which, right, as you've talked about, Steve, discs, discs get fucking disc rot. There will be a point where there's entire generations of games where physical copies don't fucking exist anymore. So there's literally no way to access them unless you release them on your storefronts. And Nintendo being either, you know, unwilling or 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 however you want to frame it, right? Because it's not financially viable, because they're they're it's a lift and they don't want to do it. They don't think it's worth diverting resources towards. Fine. But for you to then exert that 
you know, uh, pressure on people and to like, you know, put people in jail and stuff over wanting to have access to games that you refuse to sell. I'm sorry. Like that is evil. That is evil company shit, you know? And the idea that like what people wanting access to art that you made and begging you for the ability to purchase it and you won't provide that service. That's on you. That's you being bad at capitalism. Sorry. And like, Mm -hmm. Would people still pirate games if those things were available? Yes, they would. However, I would feel way, way differently about it, right? I would, I would, th- I would argue that emulation was less murky if all these games were just available. If every game that had been made, you could just go buy and play, like, I don't know, every other fucking art form that's ever existed for the most part, right? With the rare exception of books. Books go out of print. And sometimes you can't get them anymore, right? Fine. But movies, every movie that's like ever been made, you could go buy on Amazon Prime and watch it now. You could yeah, tell me music. about a movie that was made. Oh, uh, yeah. A music, right? You could tell me about a record that was made 300. You know, oh, you got to go listen to this, this Bach concerto. Guess what? I can find it. And I can find 80 and different versions of it. it's on a wax cylinder. And you have to put it into your gramophone, and that's the only way you can listen to. Imagine it. if the only way you could listen to like the Beatles was to have vinyl records of it. Imagine if the only way that you could listen to, you Hipsters know, would love that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you physical media people, you know. <laughs> but imagine that. Imagine if the only way for me to watch Star Wars was if I had a VHS copy of A New Hope. Like, yeah. Fuck off with this. Make these games available. I bring back the virtual console at the very least every game that you own the rights to sell it and once you do that then i'll listen to you about respecting intellectual property rights of other companies and harming development and all that rot because i'm sorry like that you are a company that has a like an unrivaled amount of classic software and ip that people are so passionate about that they will spend time and energy their free time to develop software to play it and then you're going to treat that person like a villain come on man like that's just i know it's like i just think that's not right I think that I think the cherry on top for me is the fact that they have developed a really great GameCube and Wii emulator and sold literally two games that run on it in one collection that you can no longer even buy anymore. It was, it was with limited. It was a limited Galaxy. release. Come on! I like, know. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like I'm. I'm sorry. Like I, I. But like that's ridiculous. Like why can't I buy Mario sixty four? Like, you made yeah. a better version of it, and it runs on the fucking console, and I can't buy it. Come on. But, but, oh, God forbid. Really or, like, again, people who are, you know, like, making fun mods for, like, the Breath of the Wild thing a couple weeks ago. Why don't you just have mod support then? You know? Like, it's like, you can do mods on consoles now. It's a thing. Like, if you're just, like, people love your game so much that they want to find new ways to play it and breathe new life into it. And for so many other publishers, they hire people, they give them jobs, they 
create ways that they can share their stuff with the community and lift them up as like, look at these people who love the game and, and are supporting the community. And what does Nintendo do? They send copyright strikes against somebody's YouTube channel and try to destroy their, their livelihood. Yeah. Or even the fan games, cool. right? Like another, another Metroid two remake, for example, just like taken down. And I get that that is a fan that is a fan game. It is using their copyright material, and they probably do need to protect it. But it it sucks. All of that goes towards just making them look like a a big old bully, which I think has been the co- consensus around them being one of the most litigious companies on the planet mm-hmm. over the last few decades. Yeah, you know, like they even famously sued Blockbuster for trying to rent out their games and claim that that was illegal and lost. They'll, they'll do anything to, to try and maximize profits. And, like, again, they're a, co- they're a corporation. That's what they're supposed to do. So, like, fair enough, right? And I think that's the thing I get frustrated about, I guess, sometimes when people hit you with, like, the fanboy corporate shill type. It's like, nah, man, like, I love the art that Nintendo makes, right? There have been executives at Nintendo in the history of the company looking at you, Satoru Iwata, um, who I respected, right? I, they're still a corporation. They're still out to make as much money off of us as possible, and that's the end game, right? And the way that they do that is by making brilliant, moving art that you connect with so much that you keep it a part of your life forever. And that's something that you have to be able to balance as a person that lives in a capitalistic society, right? Is It's okay to love the art that Nintendo makes and still criticize the decisions they make as a company, right? Like I'm not here to shill or root for them uh, any more than it means that they get to keep making high quality experiences that we enjoy. Right. It's uh, as long as uh, I knew team is getting their checks signed. Like that's as successful as I need Nintendo to be right. Um, anything beyond that is, it's just capitalism. It's just them chasing the bottom line. And that's what they need to do. I get that. That's, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, cry foul about that. But like when you see them making decisions like this and trying to project this air of like, you know, um, superiority, it feels like, or like, like, oh, like we're ethically in the right to do this, right? To ruin this person's livelihood because they made a mod of Breath of the Wild is like, like you said, it makes them feel like a, like a bully. And nobody likes a bully. Let's talk about some good stuff now. The good side of Nintendo. Let's talk about some good stuff. But before we do that, I'm going to remind you that this episode of the of Nintendo, I almost said of the Nintendo Noise. Oof. I'm fired up, folks. I'm fired up. This episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of May. They are, of course, Arnold J. Rimmer, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Snackago, Ty the Dude, and Wakahula. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. Y'all are the realest of the real. You make the show happen. You keep it going every week. You keep the mics and the lights on. And we appreciate you for it. Thank you for being here and supporting us. If you want to show your support just like they did, if you want to write in to the show just like folks did for our question block segment that's coming up in just a second here, if you want to go find some of our sister shows, some of our other content, however you want to get involved, join the Discord, keep the conversation rolling, 
you can head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you can find links to all that and much, much more. However you choose to get involved or show your support. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a member of the community. We appreciate you and uh, hope you'll stick around for the back half of the show here. So let's get into it, Steve. Tears of the Kingdom. We're still playing it. I Every day I spend with it, I think more and more it's my favorite game ever made, I think. I think I think I am increasingly confident in that opinion. Wow. That's high praise indeed. I am five hours away tonight, probably. I will cross the amount of time I spent with Breath of the Wild in this game, and I am nowhere near finishing it. How I long finished. have you spent? I think I'm at 70 hours. Oh, 75. See, I, I spent like 120 in Breath of the Wild. I think I beat Breath of the Wild in 80 hours. Um, was I yeah, yeah. I, 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 beat, I beat Breath of the Wild, but then I was like, I'm going to go and do all of the shrines. I'm going to run around. I'm going to go back and do like the, what was it called? Like Master Quest or whatever it was. I did the DLC. I, I was constantly. I never played the DLC. I never did Master Quest. I played the game once. I did, I would say, most of the side quests. I did all the shrines. And then I, I finished up. And I was like, I hit a point where I was like, I'm good. Like, I feel like I got my fill. And I've seen the things that this game has to offer that I'm very passionate about seeing. And I'll come back and play it again someday. Never managed to get around and play it again. Fair enough. But this one, like I said, I'm like almost 80 hours. I'm 70 hours in at least. And no signs of, sh- of slowing down. Um, I've, not, I've only done one temple. I still have three to go. I still have a ton of shrines. I still have a ton of the underground to to uh, explore i still have you know i have like i don't know 12 side quests in my log that i'm interested i haven't found a side quest yet that i wasn't interested in doing right like the the level of depth of of in this game and then the level of quality in that depth is like staggering to me man i cannot believe how absorbed i still am in this game no, I'm the same. Like, I finally was able to just have, like, a a day where I sat down for, like, a huge chunk of time. My TV warned me that it was going to turn off. I don't know. How, and I was like, maybe this is an indication that I've been playing for too long, but I carried on playing anyway. And I was Your like, TV's, it. like, heating up. It's like, please yeah. turn off. <laughs> oh, it's got one of those, like, it's like a, a, a green thing where it, like, turns itself off after a certain number of hours trying to save energy if it thinks you're not using it. I was very much still still using it. I don't know why I thought I wasn't. Um, but I'm having such a good time with it. I've, I've still only done one temple. Uh, I'm still like just running around the place. But I, I, I kind of set myself, uh, I guess, my own quest of like, I'm going to try and maximize everything that I get in my, on my, on my Pyropad. And I want to like make sure I've got all of the tools. Like I want the the shrine beacon thing sensor yeah, I want I all the, the like i want all the the different medallions that i can leave around the place i'm like i want all of it so um that was like the goal i set myself and i was like i'm gonna go do that and i um, maxed out my stamina that was got, that was another goal like that i set one. for myself I was like let me do that and then i'll be able to climb and explore more and like that was a that was a good decision yeah and obviously as part of that like you you only get those additional things once you've got auto build, which was like a real like nice thing to Dude, finally get. I love auto build. I'm using I'm using Me machines too. so much more often now. Well, yeah, because you don't you don't have to find the things around or like get the be- bits out of your inventory. You can just like spawn it, and it uses the zone that you've got and just makes it. 
it's great. What's like, the, what's I'm the, just constantly be going around the place. What's the best thing you've made? I have a design that I really like. Uh, so, you know, like the original, like the design they give you, that's the glider with the three fans on it. Yeah. So I iterated on that. I don't remember if the one they give you has a steering wheel, but I put a steering wheel on it. Um, and then I added a. You don't really need one on the glider. I found like you can just. Well, let me let me move. tell you. Let me tell you. You can, but if you do it my way, you don't have to be based on the wind, which is very I like a lot. So. Oh, okay, that's. Good. And I built a mechanism so that it can launch off of anything, which I also really like. So. Oh, nice! How did you do that? Way I built it. Uh, my original design was I took you know the um the like slates that have wheels on them. Yes. So I took that and I stuck it on the bottom of it and then I stuck a rocket on the back of it. So it would get enough speed to speed up and then launch. So you can launch it off of like any flat surface, any incline, anything like that. And you could just get right up in the air and then the fans take over once the rocket goes off and, and then you can kind of just steer. Um, but uh, my, my friend M uh, gave me a suggestion that actually improved the design, which I like even better now where rather than putting the rocket on the back, I put it in the middle. So the rocket goes under the glider and onto the wheels. So it, it, uh, when it takes off and the rocket blows up, the wheels fall off like it's a spaceship. You know, like how a spaceship... Oh, that's so cool. It launches off and then it loses all the, he the heavy stuff and you get that weight uh, taken out. And then you have... And like because I put the glider and the, the thing right in the center of the device... You don't have to move to the wings to steer it. You can just aim it. And as long as the fans are going, you can literally drive against the wind and still go. And it's no problem. Whereas if you try to do that the other way, you just you'll fall out of the sky. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, now, I've I, I haven't really built anything yet with auto build. I've been using the schematics that I found. Like I've found three additional stones to the ones that they give you. So I like found a motorcycle that I've been using all the time, which has been great. Um, like a monocycle, it's like one wheel, yeah. and you just like move around the place, which is good. And I found a couple of other things, um, but I use the hot air balloon all the time just to like be like, oh, I can't be bothered to climb or like yeah. build anything or or do anything. So I just like light a fire in the hot air balloon and just go all the way up and then fly off, uh, which has always been fun. Uh, you, but yeah, um... I've not I've not really had a chance to like build anything and save them or anything like that. Have you hung out in the depths too much? I've been down there a lot. I found... Um, I, I, okay, I guess full spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom if you're in this section, right? Sure. Um, I found a load of the Yiga clan hangouts down there, which I think are really fun. Yeah. Um, which I think so are really cool, and you can go and you can find like schematics and things in there, which is always good. So that was what I was going to bring up. Uh, I, I found a trick that I really like that I want to teach people. Um, so if you're down there, you know how you'll you'll find the schematics, but then often the Yiga clan will be on their own devices that they don't give you a schematic for. Yeah. So there's a fun way that you because I don't know. Again, I don't know if you've tried this. If you go and grab one of those devices, they're a solid piece. So you can't take them apart and, and do whatever you want with them. So you can't get them in your auto build memory. However, there is a loophole. If you take a new device or weapon, whatever, and attach it to the device, that counts as a new build, and all the parts are then usable. So what you can do is, I did this the last time I was down there. I, there was a Yaga clan, and they had like a bike that I thought was cool. So I took the bike, 
I put an extra light on it. And then that counted as a new build. I auto build that. I took the light off, took another, the, oh one, of the my God. one of the original lights off, and then I put it back on. And then you have a clean copy of whatever it was. So if there is that feels device, like a loophole that's going to get shut down. Like the, uh, if you've seen the, the one where you can duplicate item, things yeah, in your yeah. inventory. Yeah, that goes. I mean, maybe, but I don't know. Out. I think it's, I think it's pretty clever. So if, if there's ever a device you want to take for yourself, take that one to the bank. You can, you can copy them. That no, way. that's good. I'm definitely going to be doing that because they have all sorts down there. They're really cool. I, I love that. Like I, I was like, oh, I'm so sick and tired of these banana eating nubbeds, but they, um, like they fight like they have gr- they've grown on me now that they're not just got one hideout there's like loads of them down there they've got a yeah. purpose in the game it's not just like some annoyance on the road where i was like not wanting to talk to anyone uh and i i thought it was really fun that i i scr- I, I did a video clip and i need to post it of where i was down in the depths and i um I used ascend and I ended up in the the house where you get the medallion. <laughs> and like, I'm just like poking out the floor and there's like the big dude and the little dude there. And I'm like, I really don't want to go up. And like you press A to like go up in there and they're like, Oh, you thought you could sneak by us, did you? And they're like, Let's take this out the let's take this outside and you have to like fight them again. It was That's really awesome. funny. That's so funny. I love that. I've not had any moments like that, really, where like I like accidentally ascend into a like a oh shit I'm in a fight kind of thing. That's that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and they'd clearly planned for it, like had dialogue for it and everything, which is really good. <laughs> I like, really it's that level of attention to detail because like I even found some. I found that travel medallion before I'd got the quest to go and find it, right from Robbie. Yeah, and like he he had there was like a piece of dialogue put in for it. And it's that level of attention to detail I don't think you get in other games. I've had that where, happen so frequently where I will accidentally do this. And they're like, oh, you did it before I even told you? You're so incredible. Like, you know, like they, yeah. <laughs> it's already prepared for you to like uh, sequence break and everything, you know, like, and like you said, there, I think that you really see where that six years went, right? Where they didn't have to remake the, the map, the art style's the same, the character models are the same. And it was very much just like, okay. It's like we have this framework already. Like, how do we fill every single interaction oh, with e- just yeah, everything? There's something layer, everywhere. Layer. There's I didn't multiple how things many shrines. Everywhere. Yeah, but I didn't like even something like I didn't realize how many shrines there were until I got the sensor. And now I'm finding some everywhere. And I yeah. love the additions to the sensor where it tells you if it's down below or above you. Like that's oh, great. God, that is awesome. Never had that before. And there's a uh, an audio cue too, so you don't even need to like be looking at it. You can hear yeah, it. You're like, really oh, it's good. above me. Let me look up. Oh, it's below me. What's down there? Like, awesome. It just it makes it so seamless. And it's so funny how many of the systems feel that seamless that the ones that don't, you're like, why? Why isn't this perfect? Everything else in this game is the perfect. recipes is my least favorite. The rat whole cooking thing, it's not good. I, I just. I really just wish that I could just be like, pick this recipe, cook it for me, and I want to cook five of them in one go. Batch cooking would be a huge difference. It's so annoying having to do it individually. And like, I've gotten to the point now where the only time that I cook is, you know, we were talking about how like I've been breaking the game up where like for big moments I'm playing on screen, handheld, Mm -hmm. I'm doing the littler stuff. I'll do that when I get too tired to play. I'll go to a, a place to rest and then cook a bunch while I'm watching cook, TV yeah. and then wait until I hit the point where it's like, you filled up, you can't hold any more food. And I'm like, great, let me go to bed. <laughs> yeah, Tomorrow I'll have what I need. 
<laughs> I might do an elixirs and all sorts of things. Like I need to, I need to cook to prep to go down into like the depths. So I've got my glow or my like gloom resistance or whatever. Like there's all sorts of things I want. I don't know. It's it's so good. There's so much detail in there. But but yeah, cooking's one. Um, and I th- and there was another thing that like is a real sticking point for me. Um, I don't like that I can't you can't rem- can't remember what it was. I don't like that you can't fuse items. That's the one, the fuse thing. Like it's so frustrating. Like, or at least let me fuse in my inventory. There is a place. There is a way to like unfuse items. I've heard about, which is I good. I did find that. To, yeah, I need to go find that. Um, but it's annoying town. that that's not just. It's annoying that it's not just something you get or can do. It's like you've got to go specifically to a place in order to do it and unfuse it and stuff. It's like. You know, I don't mind that as much because it just feels like you have to be you have to think about it, right? Like it's like yeah, but the, but the whole like I've got to get something out of my inventory. I've got to drop it on the floor, and then I can choose to fuse with that it. That I don't like. Yeah, I, like, I want it. I want to be able to do that like mid battle too. Like if it's like oh I need a fire thing, let me fuse one real quick while I'm paused, rather than like I feel like I should <laughs> be able to <laughs> press L to go into fuse mode, right? And then I can just press up to pick an item I want to fuse with. And then yeah. I either press Y to fuse it with my sword, or I press X to fuse it with my shield. Like, that's all. I, that's all that needs. Yeah, because that's that's do. like literally how it works. You know, like I just I wish you could just do it the same way it works normally, but just pull something out of your inventory and have it yeah. just auto automatically be in your hands, right? And not have to go through the let me drop it, get it in front of me, do this, do that. It just that's that's that, that's like it. It's like those two things are the only things where I'm like, damn, I, I wish this was like a little bit more streamlined. I wish this was a little easier. Um, but I will say one of the things that I have found to be just such a massive improvement. I don't even believe it is the story. And oh, I want to story is insane. It's incredible. And I want to pull in this question here in the question block, uh, from Andrew Valentine over on the, uh, the discord wrote in and said, high level non-spoiler impressions of the story based on where you currently are. To me, the game feels like there is a greater emphasis on the story than in other Zelda games. And that's to its benefit. I definitely agree. I think that for me, with the potential exceptions of Link's Awakening and Majora's Mask, which are like really the only Zelda games that have a really serious emphasis on story uh, prior to this, and I guess arguably Ocarina. Ocarina's story is simple, but it's it's good in a classic kind of way, I think. Um, this is the best, though, right? Like, this is the most emphasis on, on story um, where I've actually felt connected to it in a long time because i feel I'm like i'm actually compelled to play for the story and yes. i never got that with breath of the wild did like, you finish I'm, the memories I'm interested in finding out did i finish what the memories the dragons i've not done any of them yet oh, steve, you gotta, one. steve you gotta the, go the, do that I, but i'm like having such a good time with the story anyway yeah. like at the moment my interpretation is that zelda is this drug peddler in a a, a frock telling the Gorons to eat this like magic rock stuff like you know i'm like what is going on here <laughs> and so i'm having a really good time with it it's, you it's you gotta go do the memories when you get i know when you get know. To, when you know no rush but I'll, I'll tell you this there's a good reward at the end of it for what it's worth um but story-wise whew, uh the end of that i think is my favorite moment in any zelda story it like I, it hit me, and I was like, "Wow, oh, wow this okay. is this is good. Like this is a meaningful story beat that makes Link feel less like a you know one note character or whatever." 
So I'm I'm very pleased with that. Yeah, I think it's great. I'm right there with you, Andrew. No, yeah, I, I I'm the same. I'm having a good time with it. I think I'm gonna go do the memories after I've done the Goron Temple, um, because I'm kind of on that path now to do it. Yeah. So once I've done that, then I'll probably loop back and do some other stuff because I don't want to do all the temples immediately. Um, I'm kind of eking them out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take your time with it, right? You want to enjoy it. Um. I we have a couple more questions from Andrew, and I know we got to wrap up here in a minute. So I'm thinking we save some of these for next week, Steve. So I want you to look and you pick which one we're going to answer, and we'll close it out there for the day. I want to answer the one about the Korok thing because I've genuinely not tortured any of them, and I want to know what you've been doing as like in your moments of psychotic. I'm I'm not really doing anything like that either. Like I I will sometimes like smack them around if it's convenient for me to get them where they need to go. Like I've I've launched them once or twice. I've done things like that. Um, I rolled one down a hill. Launch them, but like, but it's not like you're making a fire pit to put them in. No. Just like, no, I'm not you know, crucifying them, like some of these nut jobs. Yeah, people are insane. Um, so yeah, I I got I don't have a good one. I haven't done anything extremely comically violent or anything like that. But it's an interesting yeah. one. And I, I uh, and to answer um, uh, Andrew's other question, that he's he's said he's switched from the English to the Japanese voice acting. Um, I've, I, I, I can't be bothered. I was going to say, yeah. In English. I'm going to carry on playing in English. Yeah, I can't be bothered. Yeah, I, I, I'm in the same way. Um, I, I'm the same way, I should say. Yeah, Andrew says, uh, was recommended to switch to Japanese. Can can confirm it's great and an improvement on the English voice acting. Are you playing with an alternative language? I never do that ever. Um, I'm also like, as a, as a very, like, and I say fan lightly because I'm not a big person like that. With I'm a very casual anime fan, right? Like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, great series. Love a little My Hero Academia, sure, here or there. All that good stuff. Um, Miyazaki. You do sure. always do the dub. Or not Miyazaki, than the sorry. Um, Studio Ghibli is what I was going for there. What'd you say? You always do dub rather than sub? Always. I always do the dub. Because here's the thing. I'm watching animation. I want to watch the animation. I don't want to be... Because I yeah, read... I'm, I'm like, my eyes are glued when I'm reading subtitles. And I put subtitles but on. we're a household on, like, that everything. always has subtitles on. I do, like, too. We always have subtitles on. I do, too. Um... But if I'm listening in a language that I don't speak, I'm going to be it's harder. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to the performance as much. Um, and it's something that I'd like to work on because like I watched Parasite a couple years ago when that dropped and I adored that. And I was like, oh, I should try more. But I also I think with animation, it's tougher for me because I also watch I've you know, I've watched um, like the vast majority of like the Godzilla canon right the those kaiju flicks and i've watched them dubbed i've watched them in the original japanese whatever right that for whatever reason is a, a little easier for me but when it comes to um like games or animation like yeah i'm dubs over subs and the idea of you uh somebody who doesn't natively speak japanese being like oh yeah this voice acting is better is always weird to me um and not not to say that you're wrong I, a, a lot of people say that right um with several different games. Like, oh, I, I prefer the Japanese voice acting. And it's just like, I struggle with that because it's like, well, I don't, I don't, it's hard for me to really get the emotion of the read sometimes because I think why it works for me in live action better is I can read a person's emotions. 
So even if they're saying something and I don't know what it means, I can read the translation and look at them and connect with their face and how they're emoting and, you know, oh, this is a hard situation for them. They're, you know, I can see it in their body language on their face. With animation, you know, it's not that that, that those things aren't there, right? Like animation is so expressive, but like video games are not always, right? Like especially Zelda, the animations are very simple. The characters are not very expressive. Like I want the... I want the dialogue. I want the performance in my tongue so that I can, you know, connect with it without having to like translate in real time. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there, especially when it's, you know, it's not something I'm giving all my concentration to like I would with, with a movie. I I'm, that's like the sole thing, you know, like I'm also doing action. I'm also, maybe there's something else going on in the room. I just kind of want to chill with with a game i guess so i don't I, really do i want to minimize um, the it, amount of distraction for sure yeah you know and w- when when you mention animations i'm with you on that it's just beetles that's the one that i it just makes gets me every time he's over the top he loves it i love every time Beedle. i like buy like 10 arrows from the guy he's over the fucking moon yeah, yeah. that he's managed he managed to sell something <laughs> can't believe it wow <laughs> wow i love beetle and i also love i love his philosophy uh there, there's a thing he says uh, like about bugs all the time where he's like it's against beetle's life philosophy to hate things that you don't understand but i don't think you're like that and i was like fuck yeah beetle nice. i'm not like that man nice. after my own heart <laughs> that's good he's a good he's a good egg that beetle we love beetle so uh av i you got a you got a meaty question that you wrote in that I want to save for next week. Yeah, and we need we, to we need to talk about that for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's all about, and I'll, I'll tease it for the folks so you can write in with your own thoughts if you'd like to. Uh, since the NES, there's been one constant in the dialogue around Nintendo, that being they need to release more powerful hardware. Another constant has been their ability to develop and release groundbreaking games on the relatively underpowered systems that that pro- that prompt that debate. In Tears of the Kingdom, they produced the likely game of the year and a game that is going to be spoken of as one of the greatest of all time on a 10 year on 10 year old hardware. My question is, when will people stop saying with all the certainty and confidence that only the most hardened armchair critics can muster that Nintendo must release release more powerful hardware to compete. And you know what? We'll save that for next yeah. week. Uh, barring a huge piece question. of news. We'll save that for I think that's the main topic next week. I think that's an interesting Yeah, me question. too. I'd love to dive into that one a little bit. Um, so if you want to write in on your thoughts on whether you agree with Andrew's statement or you disagree, do you think that Nintendo does need to release more powerful hardware to compete? Why do you think that? Do you feel like Nintendo's track record of releasing quality software speaks for itself and that you're content to see them release, you know, quote unquote, underpowered, less powerful hardware than the competition because the quality of the software is so good? I think it's an interesting question. We'd love to hear from you for next week's show. Uh, but if you want to write in with that or anything else we discussed on this week's show, make sure you hit us up over at flipscreen.games. That's our website where you will find links to our uh, everything, right? Well, you'll find uh, links to our Discord, our email address where you can write into the show. However you want to get involved, however you want to get in touch, we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the show, for being a member of the community, for listening through to the whole thing to the end right here. You're the real to the real. We appreciate you. So for the crew, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week. <laughs>